people hear it, that they'll be blessed by it as they act upon it. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. Let's turn in our Bibles today to Isaiah 61, verse 10. Isaiah 61, verse 10. Isaiah chapter 61, verse 10. And notice what the Bible says. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God. For he has clothed me, notice that, clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me. Or we could even say clothed me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself with ornaments and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. I want to talk to you today for a few moments titling this message, Dressed for Success. Dressed for Success. You know, uh, GQ Magazine, does anybody know what GQ stands for? Gentlemen's Quarterly. That's an okay magazine to look at, isn't it? Oh, wouldn't that be horrible? That's a, that's a fine magazine, isn't it? Has anybody ever looked at that? Okay. And that tells men how to dress for success. Uh, has anybody ever looked at GQ, Gentleman's Quarterly? Has anybody ever looked at National Geographic? <laughs> Golf Digest? Or, you, do you all read? <laughs> But if you go to that magazine, it'll tell men how to dress for success. And you know, there's ladies' magazines. Now, there's no ladies' magazines that would tell ladies how to dress, is there? Because ladies aren't interested in clothes, are they? Or No. But you can go to those magazines and they'll tell, tell you how to dress, you know. And there's different fashions. Do fashions change? They you know, you know, different things. If you keep your clothes long enough, eventually when they go out of style, if you keep them long enough, what'll happen? They'll, they'll come back in, you know. I noticed with ties, they'll sell these kind for a while and then after they sell these kind, then they'll sell the thin ones. You know why they do that? Because they gotta sell the thin ones. And they make money, right? And then once the thin ones, then they'll sell the fat ones. So anyway, um, they had, do you ever notice when you go to stores, they move stuff around? Do you, ever notice that? you know that's done on purpose. Because yeah. if you leave things in the same place, there's just something that people will stop buying. They have, you know, I go into Walmart. I like everything just to be where it is all the time. But you go into Walmart, they move my cereal, you know, and then they move this, they move that, you know. And, and uh, if you go to Macy's, they'll move clothes around. It's just something psychological. People need to look for something, I guess, before they buy it. But the point is, you can, you can go to these magazines. They'll tell you how to dress for success. Uh, let me ask you this. Is there a certain way, if you had a job interview for a, for a position you really wanted, it, there are certain ways to dress for, for that. Is that right? So if you were interviewing for a job at a bank, you'd probably show up dressed in a suit, is that right? And if you interviewed for a job on a farm, you'd probably dress up in bib overalls, is that right? Unless you were Eddie Arnold. Green Acres? How many remembers Green Acres? Oh, Green Acres, that's the place to be. Farm living's a life for me. 
land spreading out so far and wide. Keep Manhattan, just give me that countryside. Boop, 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 boop. New York is where I'd rather stay. Well, let me, I get allergic smell. Uh, better stop that. Are you doing all right? Okay. I get allergic smelling hay. I just adore a penthouse view. Darling, I love you, but give me Park Avenue. Do, 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 do. The chores. Fresh air. You are my wife. Green Acres, who you are there. Do, 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 do. Bum, bum. <laughs> hey. But, you know, he, uh, he uh, Eddie Arnold, what was his name? Oliver Wendell Douglas. And he'd dress, when he'd work out there, you know, on the farm, he'd dress in his tuxedo and, or in his suit, and he'd be out plowing corn or whatever in his suit and tuxedo. Is that right? <laughs> How did I get off on that? I don't know. That was not in my notes. But uh, there are certain ways you would dress. Uh, now, he didn't dress a conventional way. Uh, I don't know many people that would wear a tuxedo to, to plow, plow potatoes, you know. I don't know. But... Uh, you know, if you're going to interview for a job, there'd be a certain way to dress. Or there's like uniforms. There's different uniforms that people wear. Like baseball, they, you know, they wear uniforms, don't they? And, you know, there's certain ways to dress for success if you're playing baseball. For example, uh, just imagine the catcher. That is, I used to be a catcher. So the catcher will wear a what? A mask and chest protectors and shin guards and all of that. Now, now, he's dressed for success as long as he is where? Behind home plate. But now, how would he do if he were dressed like that playing shortstop? He'd have a dickens of a time, wouldn't he? Or if he was in the outfield and had to run a ball down, you know, uh, dressed in the catcher's gear. So he wouldn't be dressed for success unless he was where? Behind home plate. Likewise, what if you put somebody, a ball player behind home plate without the catcher's mask in the gear? I know I used to be a catcher when I was in little league. If you're back there and you don't have, if you're not dressed for success behind home plate and you don't have the catcher's mask and the, you get your bell rung really good with the mask on. Just think if the mask wasn't on, you get your jaw broke or your nose broke on a foul tip, you know? So, so, you know, the catcher needs to be dressed a certain way for success. And, but, but you could take that same catcher's outfit and put it on somebody in the outfield and then they'd be dressed with it, but they wouldn't be dressed for success. Do you remember in the Bible when David was going to go face the giant? Do you remember that? And Saul was going to dress him in, his, in Saul's armor. Remember that? And David said, I can't go out there and fight the giant with this. Remember? So if he would have went out there dressed the way Saul wanted him to dress, he would have not been dressed for success. Uh, and we could go on with this, like when you get married, there's a certain way that you would dress when you would get married, you know? I mean, well, I got married in a suit and a tie. But if I would have showed up the way I look when I just lay around the house and study, if I'd have showed up that way to get married to you, you would have, you'd have run out the back door. Is that right? Because you'd have wanted me to dress a certain a certain way, you know, and like prom, is prom coming up? Prom, huh? It was last night. Okay. So, you know, when you go to prom, do you, the boys usually wear what? A tuxedo, you know, and a, and a girl will wear a prom dress. And so there's different ways to dress. And, you know, as you look in the Bible in the Old Testament, the priests 
and especially the high priest had to dress for success. Uh, as you study the priest in the Old Testament, the high priest, because see, he'd go in once a year into the Holy of Holies and present the blood, you know, onto the mercy seat for the sins of, 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 of the people and so on. And he had to dress a certain way. You know, he had undergarments and uh, he had outer garments, you know, like us here today. We all probably, well, have undergarments on, you know, and, and uh, fruit of the loom or whatever it might be and outer garments, you know. And the high priest was the same way. He had undergarments, outer garments, and then he even in the outer garments, he had a robe and, 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 a, and a breastplate, you know, and he had a hat, he wore a hat. Um, you know, there was a day here in the United States years ago that men, when they'd dress up, they'd wear a dress hat. Does anybody remember that years ago? You know, now that's really not so much in style anymore. But the priest would wear a hat and other accessories. And, and the thing of it is, the high priest in the Old Testament, if he did not dress correctly, if he didn't dress for success, when he went in that holy of holies, guess what would happen? They'd pull him out on a rope, dead. Remember that? Because they put a rope on him and there were bells on his clothes and as long as the bells were jingling, they knew he was alive. But if the bells stopped jingling and they didn't jingle for a while, he did something wrong in there and he'd fall, he'd fall dead. They'd pull him out on a rope and that was that. But he'd have to dress a certain way and he had undergarments, outer garments, a robe, breastplate, hat, so on and so forth. Now, you know, uh, here in the United States... Dress has become, have you ever noticed dress has become more casual over the years? Have you, you, know, you know, and that's fine. It's, uh, that, that, that's fine. My wife and I, we were watching a movie one time on the building of the Titanic. Do you remember the Titanic? And we were shocked. People, when they went to work back there then, and where was that built? That was built over in, in, in Ireland. But nonetheless, when people went to work, do you know how they went to work? They went to work dressed to, in a suit and a tie to build a boat. Can you imagine that? And, and, I, and, and we were looking at some old films and movies one day about baseball games here in the United States back years ago. Do you know how people used to go to the baseball games years ago? Soon as I, I mean, so, so, you know, thing, dress changes, fashions change. And like, e even in, in church, you know, there's different dress and whatnot. Now, you know, much has been said about suits and ties, you know, wearing suits and ties in church, you know. But, you know, one thing I noticed, Jesus and the apostles... Did they ever wear a suit and a tie? Did they? They never did. You know why? They didn't have suits and ties back then, but I don't know. <laughs> That's a great revelation. But I don't know what they would have worn. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, don't know. I, you know, I, I've heard of churches where people were talked badly about because of the way they dressed or didn't dress. You know, that's a shame, isn't it? Isn't that sad? Uh, how many remember Harriet Olson from the Little House on the Prairie? How many ever watched that? Now, now you know what? She would go to church dressing her Sunday best. Is that right? And she'd talk badly about people who weren't dressed as well as her. Is that right? Now, you know, one thing I noticed about Harriet, she was dressed well physically, but was she dressed well spiritually? No, she wasn't, was she? She was the town busybody, wasn't she? Was she not the town busybody? 
And so I've already, I mean, she, 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 she looked, she looked good outwardly, but inwardly she had a tongue so sharp it could cut a hedge. Is that right? Is that right? You know, I've watched this over the years. I've seen people, you know, come to church and they'll be dressed in a suit and a tie. And I've watched other people come, you know, talking about men here now, come in jeans and a t-shirt. And I've already watched where somebody would need help and the guy in a suit and a tie wouldn't help them, but the guy in the jeans and the t-shirt would. Now, who would you rather have, the jeans and the t-shirt or the suit and the tie? Jeans and a t-shirt. I've already seen situations where a person come in a suit and a tie and, and they'll go out and talk bad about people and run people down. I've seen other, uh, other times where people come in jeans and a t-shirt and they'll not talk bad about anybody, but they'll just love on people. Now, who would you rather have, the suit and a tie or the jeans and a t-shirt? Jeans and a t-shirt. But then again, right on the other side of the coin, I've seen people in a suit and a tie, uh, uh, you know, be nice to people and whatnot. And the guy in the jeans and the t-shirt talk bad about people. So what am I trying to say? That, that clothes really... You can't go buy something because of the way somebody is dressed. Is that correct? Is that right or not? It certainly is. Do you remember what the Lord said to Samuel, the prophet? Remember when he went over to Jesse's house to anoint the next king? Remember that? And do you remember that when he was looking at the first brother Eliab, he said, surely the Lord's anointed stands before me. Remember that? Because he was, Samuel was going by the way it looked, by the way the guy, his, the, he was t- evidently tall and you know, he was just dressed probably very nicely. But the Lord rejected that. And remember what the Lord said to Samuel? He said, do not look at his physical appearance because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. You understand? So, you know, yeah, I believe that we ought to dress modestly, certainly, but whether you wear a suit and a tie, whether you wear jeans and a t-shirt, what difference does that make? What, what, what difference is made is not by the outward appearance, but by what's going on on the inside in your heart. Can, can you say amen to that? Now, there's an old saying that goes like this, clothes do make the man. Have you ever heard that? Clothes do make the man. I guess we say woman as well. Now, that's especially true spiritually speaking. Naturally speaking, we've already said suits, ties, jeans, T-shirts, it, that's, that's irrelevant. It's what's going on in your heart. And, and clothes does make a person spiritually speaking. Physically speaking, I don't want to talk about that. Spiritually speaking, it is important how you are dressed. Spiritually, realize I say spiritually speaking. Spiritually speaking, it is important. Now I want to look at some spiritual clothes here in the Bible that we should be wearing so that we're dressed for success. First of all, right here in Isaiah 61.10, right here in Isaiah 61.10, We already read it, but let's read it again. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God. For he has what? He has clothed me with the what? Garments of salvation and covered me with the robe of righteousness. Now, let's first of all talk about the garment of salvation or sometimes it's the gown of salvation. Now, that 
gown or garment of salvation, you get clothed with that. I'm talking spiritually speaking now. You get clothed with that when you get born again. When do I get born again? When you repent of your sins and ask Jesus to come into your life, when you do that and you make him the Lord of your life, then the Lord clothes you with this gown or garment of salvation. It's a free gift. There's nothing you can do to earn it. It's a free gift from the Lord. And you definitely need that gown on to get into heaven. You must be dressed. We're talking about dress for what? Dress for success. Dress for success. So you definitely need this gown or garment of salvation. You get that when you repent of your sins and receive Jesus into your heart and make him the Lord of your life. You need that in order to get into heaven. Do you remember the parable that Jesus gave where it was about the wedding feast and the, the, the master of the feast came out and saw somebody that was there and they didn't have the proper wedding garment on? Do you remember that? And you remember what the master of the feast said? Said, take that, said, what are you doing here without that gown on? How did you get in here? And remember what happened? They took that person and, and they were cast into hell because they didn't have the proper garment on. And that garment that Jesus was talking about there is this garment of salvation. Please be sure you have that one on. Now, the rest of these are important that we're going to talk about, but be sure you have that one on. We're talking about dressing for success. That's the biggest piece of, of clothing spiritually, that, the most important piece of clothing spiritually that you can have. It's this garment of salvation, okay? But now also, he talks about a robe of righteousness, a robe of righteousness. Now you say, well, what's the difference between the garment of salvation and the robe of righteousness? Well, I believe personally, this is what I personally believe after years of studying and meditating on this. I could be wrong, but I, but, but I believe this is what I believe. I, I believe this is accurate. The gown of salvation is a free gift. Nothing you can do to earn it. It's by, it's by faith, putting your faith in Jesus, the gown of salvation. But this robe of righteousness I believe that is granted to us as a result of us living right down here upon the earth. Did you hear what I just said? I believe that when we get to heaven, as we look around, that we see people, we're going to see people that have gowns on and I believe we're going to see people that have robes on. Now, everybody to get into heaven has to have the gown on. Is that correct? But we talked about undergarments and outer garments, okay? That high priest in the Old Testament, the way he dressed on the Day of Atonement is a type of this. There were under, he, he had an undergarment, but then he also had outer garments. The undergarment was white and very plain. The outer garments were, were more glistening and, and, and flamboyant. The point here is, is that the undergarment, the gown of salvation is granted as a free gift, but this robe of righteousness, I believe that's granted to us as a result of us living right and doing right here upon the earth. Now, the gown of salvation is a free gift. That's what you need to get into heaven. See, getting into heaven is a free gift. But this robe of righteousness is a result of us living right here upon the earth. I believe when we get to heaven and we look around, we're going to see that everybody 
including ourselves, will have this gown of salvation. But I don't believe everybody's going to have the robe of righteousness on. Because I believe that is a result of us living right and doing right here upon the earth. See, getting into heaven is a free gift, but once we're in heaven, there's rewards. Do you realize that there's rewards? And not everybody's going get, to get the same thing in heaven because it's based upon our service here upon the earth. So to dress for success, first thing, make Jesus the Lord of your life. Get that gown of salvation. That's important. You have to have that free gift. That's what gets you in the doors of heaven. That's what gets you through the, pearl, the gates of pearl. But then there's a robe of righteousness and what you do there is you live right here on the earth and I believe that'll be granted to you once you're in heaven. Now there's also some other uh, clothes. Let's go to Ephesians, the sixth chapter. There's some other clothes, clothes, spiritual clothes that you need to be clothed with here upon the earth. I just wanna take a few minutes and go through these with you. Notice that Ephesians 6, verse 13, therefore take up the whole armor of God. Real loud say, take up, take up. Uh, We could say it this way, therefore put on, put on. He's talking, the apostle, the Holy Spirit through the apostle Paul is talking to Christians here and he's telling us, talking to people that already have the gown of salvation. They're already clothed with the gown of salvation. He says, put on or take up or put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand, stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you'll be able to quench all the fire darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. He mentions some spiritual clothing here, clothing and accessories, right? And he says that we need to put these on. We need to put them on. See, again, he's talking to people who are already, they've got the gown of salvation. Do you know it's possible to have the gown of salvation on, be a child of God on your way to heaven, but live your entire life here on the earth without this spiritual armor on? Did you know that? And do you know most Christians I've met over the years, and I can honestly say most Christians I've met over the years, they've got the gown of salvation, but most of them have not clothed themselves with this spiritual armor. Do you know there's a devil out there, isn't there? You know, David faced the giant, is that right? Well, we face giants, don't we? There's a giant, there's a devil out there. He wants to kill you. Did you know that? He wants to, he wants to cut your life short. Did you, he, did you know he wants to put sickness and disease on you? Did you know that? Did you know the devil wants you to live in poverty and lack? Did you know that? And so if you're gonna overcome these things, you're gonna have to be dressed for success. You're gonna have to understand some things about this spiritual armor. And you're gonna have to, Paul said, the apostle Paul said, put it on. Realize, say, put it on. Yeah, you're gonna have to put it on. You're gonna have to put on the belt of truth. You're gonna have to put on the breastplate of righteousness. You're gonna have to put on the shoes of the gospel of peace. You're gonna have to have the shield of faith, the hat of salvation, the sword of the spirit. You're gonna have to have these things. You're gonna have to be dressed for success. Let me just take a brief moment here and explain very simply how you can put these on. How many of you'd like to have these on? Well, all right, here's how you do it. First of all, he talks about the the, the belt of truth. 
your waist girded with truth. That's the belt of truth. You see, I have a belt on here, a natural belt, but you all, all of us ought to have that spiritual belt on, the belt of truth. And do you, know, do you know how you put that on? It's very simple. Jesus said of the word of God, he said, thy word is truth. So to put that spiritual belt on, you're gonna have to read and study the word of God. Now, I could teach for an hour on this, but I've told you as simply as I can, how can you put the belt on, the belt of truth? By reading and what? Studying the word of God. Then there's a breastplate of righteousness. A breastplate of righteousness. Now remember we talked a moment ago about a robe of righteousness. This is a breastplate of righteousness. Now what's the difference? I believe there's a difference. Some might teach that there isn't. I believe that there is. The robe of righteousness, I believe, has to do with living right here upon the earth. This breastplate of righteousness, I believe, has to do with, and they are interrelated, but, but this breastplate of righteousness has to do with having a revelation of who you are in Christ Jesus. Did you know that the Bible said that God made Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him? So to have this breastplate of righteousness on, you need to have an understanding that when you became a child of God, you're no longer a child of the devil. You're no longer an old dog that needs to wallow around in the mud, but now you're a child of God and you have rights in the kingdom of God. Can you say amen? And to have a revelation of that. Most Christians don't have a revelation of who they are in Christ. They think there's some worm that just barely needs to live, barely getting along. No, we need to have a revelation that when, we're, when, we get, when we get saved, when we make Jesus the Lord of our life, we become the, right, the very righteousness of God in him. See, and so as you have a revelation of that or an understanding of that, then you have this breastplate on. Then the Bible talks about having on the shoes of the gospel of peace. You see, I have shoes on here. These are natural shoes. But you ought to have, all of us ought to have these spiritual shoes on. Now, how do you put these spiritual shoes on? How do you as a Christian put these spiritual shoes on? Very simple. Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Is that right? And so to put the spiritual shoes on that you need to have on to be dressed for success is you need to be, and, and me, both of us, we need, all of us need to be going out and telling sinners that they can have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Did you hear what I just said? So let me ask you a question. This last week, I'm not trying to put you under condemnation, but I'm just, let's see if you were dressed for success this last week. Did you tell anybody about Jesus this last week? Well, if you did, then you have these shoes on. If you didn't, guess what? You went a whole week without the shoes on. Well, if you're here today and you say, you know what? I didn't have my my shoes on last week, my spiritual shoes, I've got good news for you. You know what you can do? You can put them on today and go out next week and tell somebody about Jesus. Can you say amen? Amen. Praise God. And then after that, there's the shield of faith. Realize, say the shield of faith. faith. The shield of faith. That's an accessory, you know. 
You know what I mean? That's an accessory. You know what I mean? I mean, like I have a ring on, that's called an accessory. Well, the shield of it, we need to have not only clothes, but some accessories. And this is, an, this is a good thing. And he talked about, above all, taking the shield of faith by which you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the, of the devil, the wicked one. Now, people have asked me about this shield of faith. How do I use the shield of faith? How do I use the shield of faith? It's very simple. The shield of faith is your belief structure. Your belief structure. It's like, have you ever watched Star Trek? How many's ever watched that? Okay, uh, how many of you like Kirk better than Picard? Uh, well, let's don't get into that. I like Kirk better, but now I like Picard better, but actually I'd rather have Riker running the ship than both of them, but nonetheless. <laughs> Especially after he defeated the Borg, but let's, let's, let's get in, let's go on here. Uh, for, I say force field. Now we're talking about the shield of faith. Is that right? Now, how, do, how, how does it work? It's your belief structure. It, your belief structure is like a force field. Remember when the, when, when the Klingons or the Romulans or whoever it is are coming in and they're going to be firing on the, on the Enterprise? What does the captain say? He says, shields, shields up. And then, and then Warf hits the button and the shields go up. Is that right? And then when they fire the, the missiles or whatever, the, the torpedoes in, it can't get through the shield. Is that right? Well, our shield of faith is just like that force field. It's our belief structure. It, it, it's, like a, it's like a bug zapper. Have you ever seen a bug zapper, you know, and, and when the bug flies into it, it, what happens? You hear this, and dead bug. Is that right? You just don't want that sitting over the hors d'oeuvre table at the party you're attending. Is that right? <laughs> uh, say shield of faith. And let me give you an example. If I stood up here right now and I said, Jesus is Lord. You okay? Does that get through your belief structure? Okay. If I stood up here and I said, you know, I don't know if G- I, you know, Jesus wasn't born of a virgin. Does that get zapped? That better get zapped. How many of you know he was born of a virgin? Right? So you see, you have a belief structure. Uh, if I say Jesus was virgin born, and, and he was, I believe that, that, will that get through your, your, your shield of faith? Yeah. What if I stood up here and I said this? God wants you to be sick every day of your life. Does that get zapped? We're allowed to say zap. That should get zapped, isn't it? Right? But if I said this, God wants you to be healed and well, does that get through? See, so let me ask you, do you have, do you have your shield of faith intact here today? What is your shield of faith? It's your belief structure. It's your belief structure. Uh, let me give you another one. Give me all of your money before you leave here today. And before you get home, you're going to have a bazillion dollars come in the mail. I had some people didn't zap on that. You all should have zapped on that one, right? But what if I said this? If you'll be faithful to be a tither and a giver and consistently over time, in the process of time, God will meet your needs. Does that get through? Is that okay? Okay. And, and, and don't give your money to me. Give your money to God. Is that right? You understand? So, so but you, you understand the belief structure. That's what the shield of faith is. And then also, too, uh, the, the helmet of salvation... The hel- that's a hat. 
How is that different from the gown of salvation? Well, I believe that, that the gown of salvation is, is, a, is a result of, it's a free gift when you get saved. This hat of salvation or helmet of salvation has to do with your thinking. Did you know that you need to think in line with the word of God? How do you put this hat of salvation on? By getting in the word of God and thinking in line with the word of God. The Bible says to be, to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And we're transformed by the renewing of our mind when we get into the word of God and we, we meditate on it and we think on it and then that affects our thinking and then we think right and then we have that hat on. And then finally, the sword of the spirit, the sword of the spirit, you know, uh, the Bible says to take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now, you need to understand this, the difference between the sword of the spirit and the belt of truth. The belt of truth has to do with studying the word of God. The sword of the spirit has to do with speaking the word of God and acting on the word of God. Did you get what I just said? So now the belt of truth is important because how many of you know you have to know the word of God before you can speak it or act upon it? Is that right? So, so the belt of truth is studying the word, knowing the word of God, but the sword of the spirit, actually that's the only offensive piece of clothing or accessory that we have is the sword of the spirit. All these other, as you study armor, all these other are defensive, but this is the only offensive one. This is the one that we come at the devil with, this sword of the spirit. When does the devil get real scared of you? It's not until you begin speaking the word of God in faith and acting upon it. Did you get what I just said? Uh, you know, I reverence this Bible. I reverence this book. I love this book. But the devil in and of this, in and of this book, the devil's not afraid of this book until it gets in your spirit and your heart and starts coming out your mouth and you start acting upon it. Now the devil gets real scared of this book because it's more than just a book. Now it's gotten into your heart and it's coming out your mouth. And that's when it becomes the sword of the spirit. And that's when you become really dangerous to the devil. Can you say amen? So let me close with first uh, Peter five, five. I want to want to close this up now. I hope you got something good out of this today, but we talked about the gown of salvation. We talked about the robe of righteousness. We talked about the armor, the clothes of God's armor. But there's two other things I just want to mention briefly that, that, that I think is important that we're clothed with. First Peter 5, 5, talking about dressing for success, spiritual clothing here. First Peter 5, 5, likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be what? Be... Be clothed with what? Real out, say clothed with humility. Yeah, be clothed with humility for God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. We're talking about dressing for success. And if you want to dress for success with God, you clothe yourself with humility and be humble, be teachable, be trainable, be respectful, honor the things of God. And you clothe yourself with that. And I mean, the grace of God will be so available to you. Do you remember what the Bible says in uh, right here? If you look at, at verse six, first Peter five, verse six says, therefore, 
Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may what? Exalt you in due time. Now, if that's not success, I don't know what is. God exalting you, but you have to, and for him to do that, you have to clothe yourself with humility and humble yourself. And then finally, the book of Isaiah talks about a garment of praise, a garment of praise. I believe this garment of praise is like these other items of God's clothing that we've talked about. That's something you have to put on. I don't know about you, but I don't always have that garment on, that garment of praise. Now, I know that I always have the gown of salvation on. That's a free gift. But these other ones, we need to put them on. We need to continually clothe ourselves with humility. I don't know if you're uh, like me, but you know, there's been times since I've got saved, I've had the gown of salvation on, but I haven't always clothed myself with humility. I've been, have you ever been prideful here or there, or, you know, kind of think more highly of yourself than you ought or whatever, you know? So it's possible to have that gown of salvation on, but not have these other items on. I mean, is it on your natural being, is it possible to have one shoe on and not the other? Is it possible to have your shoes on and not your belt? You know, I mean, so it's possible to have some parts of this clothing on and not others. I don't know about you, but I want to, I'd like to have all of it on all the time. How about you? And so let's keep ourselves clothed with humility. I haven't always had the garment of praise on. There's a lot, you ask my wife, she'll tell you, there's lots of times I have the garment of the mully grubs on. You know what the mully grubs are? Woe is me, poor old me. The garment of self-pity. Has anybody in here ever clothed themselves in that besides me? I've got a whole outfit, whole wardrobe of that, you know. We need to get rid of that. Have you ever got rid of a wardrobe and bought some new? Well, we need to get rid of the, gar- the garments of self-pity and the garments of down in the mouth. and the- We need to get rid of those and we need to put on the garment. Say the garment of praise. I learned the Bible says if we'll put on the garment of praise, the spirit of heaviness and depression will leave. Amen? So I tell you what, in just a few moments, just a few moments when we dismiss, there's gonna be some men and women standing up here in the front. If you're here today and you've never been clothed with the gown of salvation, I want to encourage you when we dismiss the service to walk up here. There'll be some men and women standing up here when I dismiss in just minutes from now. If, you, if you're here today and you say, you know, I don't know if I have that, that gown of salvation on, I want to encourage you to come up and get that gown. It's free of charge. Jesus will put it on you. It's available. He's already got a garment your size. Amen. All you have to do is come up here and say, hey, I want my gown of salvation. And these people will pray with you if you do it with a repentant heart and you mean it in your heart, you receive Jesus into your heart. I tell you what, Jesus himself will clothe you with that gown of salvation. You'll be so glad you did. And then you'll miss hell, make heaven. But not only that, I've given you some information here today to go, go out, study the word of God and get yourself dressed in this other spiritual clothing and dress yourself for what? for what? Say dress for success. Dress for success.